All right. Well, good morning, friends, uh, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Pelly E-Y-S, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic. I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So today's Friday, February 21st, 2020. Today, we are in the big book, and we're on page 91, third paragraph. See your man alone if possible. And we're going to be reading and commenting on just that one paragraph. So today's readers are for the 12 steps, Penny E, 12 traditions, Anita J. The readers of the text are Larry K and Susan H. And our newcomer greeter today, Jason K, and the host, second hour host, Deanna B. So the reference numbers for Thursday, yesterday, February 20th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 14145, 14145. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 14147, 14147. All right, the OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, quote, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So I will now have Penny E. read the 12 steps. Good morning, Penny. Good morning, good morning. Penny E. from South Jersey recovered. Twelve steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for letting me do service. Have a God-filled day, everybody. Love you. Thank you so much, Penny E. 
And now Anita J. will read our 12 traditions. Good morning, Anita. Good morning to you, Kelly S. Thank you for your service. This is Anita J. Recovering in Massachusetts. The 12 traditions. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group has but one um, one um, Oh, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. And seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service bodies or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place place principles before personality. Thank you. Let it pass. Thank you so much, Anita J. So here is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, I'll say time. So singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So what you'll do, you'll press star one to share to unmute. And then once you're done sharing, you just let us know by saying pass. And then you'll press star one to mute your phone again. So in order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we're in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Imagine that. And we're on page 91. 
and we're in the third paragraph. See your man alone if possible. And Larry Kay is going to get us started. Hey, Larry. Hey, Kelly. Thanks so much for your service. Um, Larry Kay recovered this morning. See your man alone if possible. At first, engage in general conversation. After a while, turn the talk to some phase of drinking. Tell him enough about your drinking habits, symptoms, and experiences to encourage him to speak of himself. If he wishes to talk, let him do so. You will thus get a better idea of how you ought to proceed. If he is not communicative, give him a sketch of your drinking career up to the time you quit, but say nothing for the moment of how that was accomplished. If he's in a serious mood, dwell on the troubles liquor has caused you, being careful not to moralize or lecture. If his mood is light, tell him humorous stories of your escapades. Get him to tell some of his. Okay, well, let me set my timer here, Kelly. And, um, you know, for me, um, th- this, is, this is excellent advice. You know, I, I speak to the person alone. I don't necessarily want a third party, you know, however well-intentioned to be a part of that because I don't want that to affect the comfort level of the, the person, you know, their willingness to share openly and honestly if they're, if they're at that place, you know, you know, and I, and I start with general conversation, but usually, you know, we, we move pretty quickly to chatting about some phase of their eating. And I found that, you know, transparency begets transparency. And so when I'm willing to open up about my old eating habits, you know, the symptoms and the experiences, somehow that, kind of gives him permission, if you will, to do the same thing. He's more inclined to do the same thing. And, you know, when they see me speaking about these very personal, you know, private things without shame today, somehow that, you know, that tends to serve to give them permission again to do the the same thing. And if he's less communicative, I'll, I'll talk about my eating career. So, for example, for me, you know, maybe there's someone on this line that ate last night. See, I, you know, perhaps they hid the evidence because I remember that I used to do the same thing. And, and since I did a lot of eating in my car, chances are maybe they did the same thing. And, and they're feeling shame this morning and, and they're coming here maybe to derive some hope. I, I, I remember what that feels like. See, if they're listening right now, they, they know that I understand because they're feel, I know how they feel. Maybe not exactly their circumstances, but I know how they feel. And, and you know, I stayed away from events. I, I stayed away from weddings and, and other events because I didn't want people to see how fat I, I had become over the years, especially people who, had seen, who hadn't seen me in a while. And I missed out on a lot of special events. And there was fear of intimacy. And there was self-loathing for not having the willpower to stop. You know, to, to stop. See, I don't moralize or lecture. I just, I just share my story. That transparency tends to give them, you know, that comfort level. And, um, and, 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 I, and I recognize they already have some self-loathing about this part of themselves that they can't control. They can be well-accomplished people, educated in business and other things, but they, you know, they, they still feel shame over this. See, I remember, and if I talk about those things, they'll know that I know. And lastly, the big book is telling us, don't be afraid to bring some levity, some humor to this. I love to talk about frosting in my hair because it's true, you know, and I, and I like to talk about being knee deep in pudding or ice cream, you know, because it's true. Sometimes levity helps with those things. So just a few of my thoughts. And with that, I pass, Kelly. Thanks. Well, thanks for getting us started, Larry. So, um, Again, we're on page 91, third paragraph, see your man alone if possible. 
If you haven't shared in the last couple of days and would like to share, give me your first name and initial first initial of your last. Vasa O. Do L. Vasa do. Nancy P. Nancy P. Amy G. Amy G. Tina S. Tina S. Come on, guys, this is your chance. If you haven't shared and wanted to get your voice out there, we'd love to hear you. All right, we'll think about it for next time. So here's our lineup for right now. Vasa O, Du L, Nancy P, Amy G, and Tina S. If you guys make sure you press star one to make sure you're muted, we'll get started with Vasa O. Good morning, Vasa. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader, calling from Port Java. Florida, and I'm timing myself. Okay, so um, I always go back how my sponsor introduced me to my program and how she uh, shared her experience with me. But anyways, I had a friend that brought me to the program the 12, in OA and the 12 Steps and gave me the big book. And um, when she came, uh, she had been going to, which I had not, I didn't know at that time, she had been going to AA for a couple of years, and she kind of hid it from me. And then later on, she came, she went to OA. And then uh, I wasn't seeing her, and she wasn't returning my phone calls. And I remember being really upset with her for not returning my phone calls. And her husband would say to me, oh, she's going to a meeting again. Oh, she's going to a meeting again. Finally, she did come and visit me in my home. It was in the morning. It was real early. And I remember feeling embarrassed because I was still in my bathrobe, and the kitchen had the, uh, uh, dishes in the sink, whatever. I was very perfectionist, and everything had to be clean and everything that those days. But anyways, she sat with me, and we started talking just in general conversations about stuff. And I liked what I saw in her. She had lost weight. Her eyes looked glossy. She looked peaceful. She looked beautiful. I was looking for the vanity. And I had asked her, what are you doing? I said, you look wonderful. And um, she told me. She told me what she was doing. She was in OA. And she introduced me a little bit about the program. I I wanted what she had. And I, at at that time, I was willing and ready to hear the message because everything I tried in my life, it just did not work. And, uh, and uh, she said, you've got nothing to lose. Come to the program. Try it for six, six times. If you don't like it, you can leave. Nobody's going to force you to stay in it or leave the program. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. And I remember saying, free? Wow. Who does anything for free today? I remember going to the Weight Watchers or a few other places that cost money. And I couldn't even afford, but I did it anyways, you know, because I was so desperate. So I had the gift of desperation, and I liked to hear what she had to say. The best part I heard, she said, this is a spiritual program. It's, a religion. It's, a relig- it's not a religious program. It's a spiritual program. And I also like to hear that part. I, you know, I didn't have very good experience with religion. I didn't want to hear about God. And today I do want to hear about God. 
And uh, that was the beginning of my new life. Really, it was the beginning. And she told me, she said, mark your calendar. And I'll write, that's it. And she told me, mark your calendar. The minute we went to the first meeting, a week later, and I marked my calendar, that was the beginning. It was like my second, my birthday in recovery 34 years ago, by the grace of God. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. So next up, we have Do L, followed by Nancy P. Good morning, Do. Good morning. Uh, this is Do L, Recover Compulsive Overeater. Um, I love this. This just—I I just went through this this morning um, with someone that I'm sponsoring, and you know, uh, this person's taken step one, and um, in part of taking step one is breaking those delusions that we are like other people, that things are great, or that uh, step one is a feel-good step that I'm going to put down the food and everything's just going to be peachy keen, um, or that I've put them the food before and things are great. Um, and, and that was a hard conversation this morning uh, because, you know, my job as a sponsor is to listen to what, where they're at and turn to some phase of their drinking and say, hey, you know, uh, if, if it was so great, if you're drinking and you're eating was so great, why are you an Overeaters Anonymous? Why are you here asking for help? If, if things are so great, um, you know, why is that? And then, you know, one of the things, uh, you know, she wanted to talk about something. She, she was hesitant. She was hesitant to talk about what was really going on with her. And she had some questions and I had to hear her out and listen to her, engage where she was at. And then Do we lost you? Oh, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Uh, what I found more helpful is to relate to the experience of these 100 men and women. And, and that's where I take her back to. I take her back to the book. I take her back to the experience of these people that have penned this book, that have recovered, that have had so much experience. They've had, you know, um, uh, penned this book over four years and, and they had a collective experience, right? So that's where I'm going to turn her attention to. And, um, you know, by the time we got through our talk, um, it was really great because she says, you know, I was hesitant to bring these issues up, but I'm glad today that I'm bringing them up because I do need to break out of that delusion. I need to break out of, you know, thinking that everything is okay. Um, and so it was a great conversation. Um, it was, you know, somewhat of a serious conversation, but then we turned it to identifying with what my experience was with her experience and uh, helped her to identify in. And by the time we ended, you know, the conversation, she was at a different uh, level of, of acceptance. And, and that's, the, that's the whole point, right, is just to coming to an acceptance of these steps, coming to an acceptance of where you are in step one. And and that's, if you've done that, then you've done a great job, you know, and, um, and that's, that's all I could hope for is, is hopefully break those barriers to help the person to get where they need so that they can move on with the rest of the steps. And I hope that's helpful to someone. With that, I pass. Thank you, Duel. So next up, Nancy P. followed by Amy G. Good morning, Nancy. 
Good morning. Thanks for letting me share. Um, so this whole thing says to me, approach from the flank, not head on. And um, it tells you, you know, um, I talk about myself. I don't necessarily talk, I don't point out anything about the other person. I talk about myself and first. And when, you know, this happens to me all the time when I'm starting with a new person, um, there's, unless they're like completely, completely beaten the way that I was, they have a lot of, well, the, it doesn't give me a lot of trouble unless it's in this circumstance, or I, I, I only notice that I eat this food compulsively in that circumstance. And, um, you know, similar to, you know, others who have shared today, you know, my response is, so how's that been working for you? You know, are you here because things are going well, or, or do you, you know, do you want what we have to offer? And, and people like my sponsor, when I was being, you know, getting started, I was so desperate. I did every single thing she said immediately and as hard as I could, as much as, to the best of my ability is on steroids as much as I could. And that's how I have to um, um, sponsor. And, and I don't meet too many people like in the general population. Some people say, you know, what, what did you do? You know, I, I feel like I live in a, in a um, neighborhood of thin blonde women. And, um, and some of them will ask me, you know, what did I do? And it's, I don't feel that it's appropriate to say, oh, I, join, I have belonged to Overeaters Anonymous and it finally started working for me. I don't say that. Um, but people that ask me to sponsor them or people that call me that are re brand new in, in vision especially or if I see at a meeting, um, I hasten to assure them that, um, you know, that it wasn't, that was, there was only one thing that was hard for me, and that was surrender. After that, the rest of it really was not difficult. Sometimes it was tedious, but it was not difficult. And, um, and, and you know, I, I also say that all of my problems are alive and well, but I'm different. So I, I try to communicate that, you know, as others have said, um, you know, for, for everything to change, everything had to change. But at the same time, I feel like really I'm the only thing that changed. And, um, um, you know, I, I, I sketch a, a small story and then I talk, start to talk more about how much better my life is now that I've surrendered. And I, you know, it's no surprise to anyone who's ever heard me on the phone that surrender is where it all began for me. And that's where I start at the beginning because most of my life, I wanted to start at the end. I wanted to be recovered so that I, you know, be thin, and then I would think about doing the steps. And today, um, that's Time, not the please. case. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Nancy P. So next up, Amy G., followed by Tina S. Good morning, Amy. Good morning. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Thank you so much for your service and a great meeting. Today, this what struck me was see your man alone if possible. And I don't know about you all, but when I first started sponsoring, I felt tremendous pressure to, to quote, want to do it right. 
We've talked about that. And the blessing of this program is that, you know, we have these instructions. This paragraph is so specific. It talks about sharing my own experience. It talks about listening to what they have to say so that we can get a better idea of how we ought to proceed. I mean, the instructions are specific. We don't go it alone when we sponsor. And I remember being told early, and I pass this on to new sponsees that are about to sponsor, that if I am abstinent and I have worked the 12 steps and I have this big book, I am fully equipped, higher power coming along with me, the most important thing, that I am completely equipped to be a sponsor. And it's not an option. It is part, an integral part of my program that I must get out there and give away what I have been so generously been given. And that this, you know, I, I also heard in a meeting once, and I loved it, it said, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a fantastic sponsor or an awful sponsor. If the person wants to recover, then they're going to recover. All I need to do is carry the message. I don't need to carry them. I don't need to fix them. I let the disease do the convincing, and I let, I let God, my higher power, do the changing. I'm just the messenger. That's all I am. I mean, look at Evie and Bill, Bill Wilson. What were Evie's first words out of his mouth meeting Bill? I got religion, <laughs> you know? And Bill was, quote, aghast. I mean, how much worse can you have, can a, of a sponsor can that be? And yet that was the foundation and the beginning of a program that we have, we have today. So I like to think that, you know, when it talks about the mood is light and humorous if necessary, all I'm doing is sharing my experience of what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. The message is in this book. The 12 steps are what do the transformation. The higher power is over us all. You know, I don't need to go it alone, and I'm not. And that's the way this program works. Thank God, because I can't do it alone, and I can't carry the message alone either. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Amy G. Uh, Next up will be Tina S., and then we'll be opening up for more shares. So get ready. Good morning, Tina. Good morning, Kelly. Thanks so much for your service. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow. What a uh, what a uh, group of people to follow, but you know, and I don't know if I really have much to add. And I was just so enthralled by all the shares coming from the person carrying the message, and then the person receiving. You know, it it just over and over again reaffirms to me that the directions in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous is the way to go. You know, it tells me in Chapter Five and how it works that that you know. In a general way, I share what I was like, what happened, and I get emotional on what I'm like today because that's the change, the transformation. It could be whatever, you know, but it's me in those circumstances and that I am not a normal eater. And I love that it says, you know, we approach them alone, you know. Uh, and, you know, what I do is I kind of fill out the situation. You know, somebody may think they want what I have and they just want a diet. You know, so I've got to, you know, listen. I love that that it was talked about. Listen, listen, listen. And I'm, you know, just to be honest, you know, I don't know that I do a whole lot of that, you know, but I know I do more than I used to. So I can, you know, really follow the directions in that paragraph to see how I proceed, you know, and that, and that I don't go on and on about myself as far if they don't want to hear it. You know, but I do share, and I love that it was initially talked about, you know, we we tell the the trauma stuff and we tell the lighthearted stuff, you know, the humor and the despair. And, And then, you know, the solution for me, 
You know, I, you know I don't, I'm not always on a big drunk log because bottom line is if somebody wants what I have, then they I understand. You know, they've been there, done that, and they want a solution, difference in the food. And, that, you know, and I also tell them that, you know, for a very, very long time, the solution was the food or the no food or whatever it is I did with the food, you know. But today, the solution is a spiritual awakening. You know, the spiritual sickness that I have manifests in many different areas, and it still can do that today. And so, you know, I love this paragraph, so I'm really looking forward to hear what everybody else has to share, and, and I'll pass. Thanks so much. Caught me off guard, Tina. <laughs> okay. So we are going to open up for more shares. We're on page 91, third paragraph, see your man alone if possible. If you haven't shared in the last couple of days and would like to, give me your first name and first initial of your last. Amanda B. Tamara C. Amanda B. Tamara C. Debbie K. Debbie K. Rick J. Melissa C. Rick J. Melissa C. Thanks. Got room for more, guys. This is your chance. No one's jumping on you. Rowena K. What was your name? Rowena K. Rowena K. Lisa H. Lisa H. Awesome. Let's stop there. Okay, here's our lineup today. Amanda B., Tamara C., Debbie K., Rick J., Melissa C., Rowena K., and Lisa H. Well, let's get started with Amanda B. followed by Tamara C. Good morning, Amanda. Hi, this is Amanda B. in Toronto, Canada. Can you hear me okay? Uh, are you on speakerphone? Yeah, hang on one second. It's hard to hear you. That better? Yes. Thank you. Great. Yeah. You know, I I love this chat, this paragraph. It talks a little bit to me about self will, like all these other parts of the book that don't have to do with working with others. I'm like, oh yeah, I could talk about that, and I'd love to jump in on that. And this one's like working with others, and the line is more quiet. Um, and I just say for myself only. I um I really relate to it doesn't say anything about talking about the solution because the solution is not something that logistic like it would just logically wouldn't make any sense to me. It's like, oh you're eating, well then we'll just help you find God. But it does say the first rule is um, you know, it tells me that I have a unique quality that I can understand him like nobody else can and therefore I can help him like nobody else can and somebody else shared I don't need to know how to help him and how to do it perfectly or her. All I have to do is share what I have and then, you know, God provides the needed power. So I love this because it doesn't say anything. It tells me exactly how to work with others. And I've gone up to people in meetings. Oh, could I help you with this? Can I do this and give people food plans and help them with, and that's not it. This is attraction versus promotion. And I've just so learned that if people want it, they'll come and get it. And they'll come and get it because they see the change. You don't have to tell them about the change. And to me, there's there's three magic words that have always gotten me involved in whatever the person's doing. And it's, I get it. 
I get it. Like when somebody just really, really understands, they're saying really identify with this person so that they know they can trust you. I'm not a person who trusts other people really easily. So when I know that they've gone through the exact same thing, I think, wow, I'm hiring an expert here. And, you know, we kind of fish them in and then tell them about the God thing. But (laughs) um, at first blush, we really have to secure their confidence. Um, We're sick people. And if we're sick people, then we need help to get well. And and, and Bill is telling us, how do you help somebody get well? You identify with them. You tell them stories. And it doesn't have to be heavy. We're not a glum lot. I don't think people just want to see depressed and down. Um, but it's, it's really not what they want to see. And when I don't know what to do, I just say, God, help me be helpful. What do you want me to say? So anyways, with that, I pass. Thanks for letting me share this morning. Have a great weekend. Take care. Thank you so much, Amanda B. Next up, Tamara C., followed by Debbie K. Hey, Tamara. Good morning. It's Tamara C. in South Carolina, um, compulsive eater. And... Um, I just I wanted to share um, from the perspective of a person who's still working on her abstinence, and um, I've just been so struck <laughs> today and yesterday with the amount of love that you know is being expressed and demonstrated um, in these meetings. Um, Today, I mean, it just occurs to me that here we are studying the big book on how to help each other. And, um, you know, the the effort that people are taking to be here, to listen, to talk about it. And I can tell you, from my perspective, the most attractive pieces of this is to hear other people's experience. Um, you know, what worked for them um, how to approach somebody, um, it just, it, it's amazing to me that, uh, you know, that people are taking time to really understand it and to help each other understand the big book. I mean, between yesterday's shares and today's shares, I really feel like, you know, things are the way they are in the big book for a reason. And I loved the share yesterday about, you know, we have to go back to where the big book starts, which is the doctor's opinion, and um, to really approach, um, you know, approach it from the perspective that, you know, we have to look at the sense of powerlessness first. I know for me, that's where, you know, I really need to be focusing right now is on, uh, you know, powerlessness. Um, and hearing everybody's experiences is what helps me to identify my own powerlessness. So I um, I really felt uh, compelled to express my gratitude for everybody being here and um, you know taking taking this time to help each other understand the big book so that we can help each other. Um, it really is a beautiful thing, and um, I just really felt uh, that was important to share. So I'm just so grateful that everybody is here and um, and there for me when I reach out. So thanks for letting me share. Thanks so much, Tamara C. Okay, so next up is Debbie K. followed by Rick J. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning. Am I being heard? Yep. Great. Thank you. Um, 
So thank you for to people in service positions today, and thank you for the wisdom on the line. My name is Debbie Kay from Pennsylvania. So I would like to put this paragraph in context to one of the promises that has come true for me as a result of working steps four through nine. One of our promises tells me our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. When I went into my fourth step, my mother was on my list of resentments. And the reasons don't even matter. What matters is that she was there and I did the work, um, steps four through nine. That opened my heart and brings me to the line in this paragraph that says, if his mood is light, tell him humorous stories of your escapades. The change that happened in me as a result of working those steps is I got to see and appreciate the gifts alongside of everything else, the gifts my mother gave me. And one of the gifts my mother gave me that I so treasure is the gift of laughter. So I bring that gift into this sentence and wonder to myself if the person I'm working with is is expecting me to rant or rave or batter him, how might he be pleasantly surprised if I share my humorous stories with him and we laugh together and I get to use this wonderful gift I've received as a result of working those steps and that promises come true in my life, how joyful, how different it can be for this person. Because I know I've got my share of humorous stories to tell, and my guess is he might also. Thank you for listening. That's all I have to say today. Thank you so much for sharing, Debbie Kay. So next up, we have Rick J. followed by Melissa C. Hey, Rick. Good morning, everyone. This is Rick J. I am a compulsive uh, overeater. I am recovered but not cured. And I uh, am in Cary, North Carolina. Um, yeah, this uh, yeah, this paragraph is um, really hitting home pretty hard with me right now. Um, with my daughter, who we are getting ready to uh, admit into a residential um, treatment center for six to eight weeks for her anorexia, which has just progressed so much in the last um, few weeks that it's, it's getting scary, but she's stable enough to not have to be hospitalized with a feeding tube. And I found myself trying to, you know, 
do this with her and she didn't want that for me and you know partly as her father I wanted to help and as a um, you know fellow sufferer with an eating disorder I was trying to be relatable um, you know and, and that's not what she wanted so it was hard for me to to back off from that quickly and realize that um, you know I'm not going to be able to be helpful and effective with her in this way but um, there's other things that I can do and I'm doing them and occasionally when she is receptive and you know and just uh, more connected to me I do share enough with her to, to let her know um, even though our eating disorders are so different what it feels like to be so powerless and to be in pain and to suffer um, and I do want to be relatable and I appreciate so much the people who um, have been relatable with me and back in October I was on the beach talking with someone who is is my sponsor and he was able to do all this paragraph here in such a subtle way that when I think back on, on our conversation, you know, he, he followed this like literally textbook, but in such a, a smooth way that, you know, he got me talking and, um, you know, and I want to do that for other people, you know, to be relatable, to be a good listener. Um, I want the God of my understanding to be a part of this conversation, that spiritual math, one plus one equals three. Two people are gathered together and, you know, in a spiritual setting, God is there and I need God to be there. I don't certainly don't want it to be about me. And thankfully I can share my experience and, um, you know, and engage the mood. I want to be relatable, but I also want to be effective. So I have to be a thoughtful listener and gauge his mood, see where they're at. Um, and I, I too love the story. Time, I have please. some great ones. Um, thank you for being there, everyone. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Rick J. Next up, Melissa C., followed by Rowena K. Hey, Melissa. Hi. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you so much for your service this morning. Really appreciate it. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. and just looking at my timer. Um, so I love, first of all, it doesn't say um, tell them about your food plan, right? It doesn't say tell them what you de- eat and don't eat. And I don't know about all of you, but my experience is, um, you know, I've been blessed with a visible weight loss, and that's, that's like a really cool thing. And it also somehow to the outside world, um, people think I'm, qualified to talk about what they should eat and shouldn't eat. And and my earliest conversations um, are generally diet. You know, like people want to talk about the food, the diet. And so um, I listen and I can, you know, what, I, what I've been able to do, because I've got a lot of experience with diets, um, I listen to sort of where they're coming at. And if they're in a, in a humorous place, you know, I've got this a couple of great stories about cabbage soup diet and and you know being on a being <laughs> at a party and, and talking about what I really liked and hearing my stomach make crazy sounds 
because I eat cabbage soup. And, you know, if they're in a in a light mood, I tell them that story, and, and then they tell me some of their ridiculous diet stories. And And if they're feeling, you know, beaten down, I tell them, like, how much money I spent, um, you know, buying pills from a doctor who I never met, but whose receptionist passed me medication that I later found out, you know, caused terrible heart problems for people. And, you know, so I can I can sort of use my diet experience to not talk about the diet, because that I find is the most distracting conversation of all. It kind of gets people off topic. And, you know, and, and what I've been really, I'm really excited because um, I got a call from someone I know from years ago who, you know, is zeroing in on the fact that she's, like, noticing that I've lost a lot of weight, and she's like, and you've kept this off for years. And when we started talking, she started telling me about her diet, you know, what she's been doing diet-wise. And, and then, and I listened, and I can hear, yeah, she's struggling. You know, she's running out of ideas. And I'm excited because we're meeting tomorrow. We're going to talk. And I'm not talking about my food plan with her. You know, like, that's not our conversation. And, and I love that it's crystal clear here. I, I'm going to listen. I'm going to open up my ears and listen and meet her where she's at. And God has given me great experience um, that's useful today. Thanks. And I'm going to pass. Thanks so much, Melissa C. Next up, Rowena K., followed by Lisa H. Good morning, Rowena. Hi, my name is Rowena K., recovering compulsive writer. Um, yeah, for me, the most important things um, that I need if I'm going to speak to somebody about OA is being abstinent myself and being, uh, quote unquote, a good advocate uh, for OA. And the other important thing is uh, taking my higher power with me and using the intuition that I'm starting to get, that I'm developing at the moment. Um, I've always had a thin body, so people have asked me how I do that regardless of whether I'm working the steps or not. And I found that probably the most unhelpful thing is talking about OA to other people when I'm not working the steps, um, which I've done. And, um, you know, if I get to the part about God um, or, you know, the spiritual side of it, I see the eyes just glaze over. And maybe that would happen anyway. I'm not sure. But um, I'm quite grateful that I stopped trying. Um, yeah, and I'm not sponsoring at the moment, but God willing, I will soon um, because I'm I'm abstinent today, uh, entirely abstinent. I liked how Bill gives suggestions on how to approach someone. You know, um, there's never anywhere in the book where there isn't something, you know, some aspect of um, OA and overeating that isn't discussed. And there's directions for absolutely everything. I never ever, ever really have to use my own um, my, my own willpower. And because most things in the big book have worked for me so far, um, you know, I've got no doubt that when I'm ready to sponsor, these things will also work. And, and if they don't, um, you know, at least I'm abstinent. And so, you know, it's working. Um, and the whole sort of, all the suggestions that he makes are, are actually kind of how my sponsor sponsors me. Um, you know, she talks about some phase of her drinking. We joke a lot. We laugh a lot. We talk about about everything. So, um, 
Yeah, um, thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Rowena Kay. Next up is Lisa H. And we will have time for a couple more shares. Hey, Lisa. Susan H. Good morning. Oh. <laughs> this is Lisa H. Um, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Thank you, Kelly, for your service today. And this has just been an amazing meeting. I, um, I'm coming up on five years of being recovered this month. And I'm drawn to this, tell him enough about your drinking habits symptoms and experiences to encourage him to speak of himself. Um, it's, I remember, so it brings me back to when I figured out that I was a compulsive overeater, I thought, oh my gosh, I've got to go back to OA. And one of the first meetings, um, and it was a local meeting, and, and I, you know, this is a, it's not a huge OA community, and there are not a lot of recovered people um, in my area, but this woman um, sat across the room and said that she had been, um, you know, without sugar and was in a normal body size for five years. And I thought, that's impossible. And, you know, they say you see someone who has what you what you want, ask them how they got there. And um, and so I asked her, I mean, I, you know, and she told me just enough, you know, um, and it was this sudden um, identifying in thinking, oh my gosh, there's someone else who's experienced the same thing. Um, because for me, there was a lot of shame in my behavior and I really didn't want to um, share that with anyone else. Um, you know, but I mean, it was obvious. Um, it showed on my, on my outside and certainly probably on my, my um, speech and my behavior. Um, and now, you know, being, being recovered almost five years and having been in a healthy body for a long time. And if I show up to a meeting, you know, sometimes people want to know, they want to know, um, you know, what it was like. They really want to know because you, because, because here you are in a healthy body, what was it like? And so I can tell them just enough so that they can identify in, you know, hopefully today, um, when I go to meetings that, that people are, are not necessarily drawn to that healthy looking body, but it, that is the first thing that you see. Um, so hopefully now, you know, what comes out of my mouth that I can carry this message that I can, um, guide people to a relationship with a higher power and help them, you know, get through the steps and, and to sustain that, right. Then, to have that spiritual awakening so then they can carry this message um, and practice these principles in all our affairs. And I, you know, that this, you know, and everybody, you know, I know vision for you is a healthy OA meeting, but it is one of the things that saved my life. So I didn't have to see that person, but I could hear, I could hear their experience and I could identify in. Um, and that's a tremendous thing to have on a daily basis. So um, y'all have a great day, and thank you for letting me share. Perfect timing, Lisa H. Okay, so we have time for a couple shares. I'm going to assume Susan H. You wanted to share, so I'm going to put your name down. <laughs> Anita J. Jason K. Leah F. Okay, that's good. Um, here's who I have, and I don't know if we'll have time for you guys all. Susan H., Anita J., and Jason K. So Susan, were you wanting to share? I was, and thank you. Sorry okay. I burst into her. 
<laughs> I apologize That's okay. for that. Okay, I'm Susan H. and I'm a recovering compulsive overeater in Ohio and always grateful to be here and always grateful to be where I am on this journey. Um, I'm struck by all the ifs in this paragraph. I'm also struck by having had this conversation with somebody pretty recently. Um, yeah, a, a lot depends on how communicative they feel, whether they want to talk or they just want to hear what you have to share. So, yeah, I, I'm so grateful that the directions are in here. And it really tells you where to go when you start talking to someone again. Good to read before you start. And always earnest prayer before I start for guidance is, is so important. So um, hopefully I could be a little uh, humorous. And uh, yeah, uh, it, it just sounds like my conversation last night. So... <laughs> I'm very grateful for um, what I've learned and what I continue to learn by studying this book. It All the directions are here, and uh, I'm grateful for that. Have a great day. I pass. Thank you, Susan H. Next up, Anita J. Um, maybe Jason K. Hey, Anita. Hey, uh, Tally. This is Anita J. Recovering. In, out in um, Framingham, Massachusetts, where it all began, and that's what I want to mention, is what caught my attention when I walked through the doors way back in 1978. And with a spotty record, I have never left. Why? And I think it had a lot to do with my very first person I ever heard. She wasn't from that, to- that uh, meeting. I didn't know that at the time. But out of her mouth came, she came to see that one of the reasons, the big reason she ate compulsively was because she was afraid that she would, if she got looking thin and all, that she would go around the state of Massachusetts with a mattress on her back. Something about that that I didn't even know about myself just hit me. And it caught my attention. And I don't know if that's humorous or sad, but what it was was real. I realized people don't get up here and just whistle Dixie. They're talking real. And, you know, when you share, if you begin to share, it's got to be real. Not some textbook, except, of course, this book. But I didn't know that yet. Just just people's real experience. And as long as I can be real, um, I stand a chance and I listen to people and I'm teachable now. Isn't that wonderful? And, um, that's all I wanted to talk about, Pat. All right. Well, Jason K., you got two minutes. Good morning. This is Jason K. Recovered Compulsive Eater and Bulimic from outside of Philadelphia. And, um, you know, this paragraph makes me, makes me think about and, and go to a place in my imagination of Bill Wilson just talking to Dr. Bob. You know, and Dr. Bob said, you know, I'll give this Yankee 15 minutes of my time. And he was there for many hours. And, and after this, um, you know, Dr. Bob was really, really amazed and remarked about 
you know, nobody has ever really understood his drinking. So this, this part is about understanding. It's about identification. This is where uh, the first step work takes place. It takes place in sitting down eye to eye, um, seeing somebody who, who um, the, the main message that I try to get across is, is I know what you struggle with. I've been where you've been. And notice it doesn't say, and then I did the 12 steps and, uh, you know, uh, I've recovered. It talks about dwelling on the problem, dwelling on the hopelessness of your situation. Uh, and, and earlier on in the book, it says, until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be done. And that one compulsive overeater talking to another compulsive overeater can have this great effect on other people. This is where we have this power. And the power is in our story. It's in um, laying our hearts open and sharing some of these vulnerable things. And, and, and we do that in a skillful, sensitive way. Um, we can share things about our eating history. Uh, if I'm not sure, if I'm talking to somebody, maybe a, a coworker, a friend, I can just share little bits and pieces of my story uh, and see what they talk about. I can say, you know, I don't eat flour and sugar and I'm in a 12-step program. And if they say, oh yeah, sugar, sugar is a big problem for me, and, and, and but I stopped, you know, I stopped eating it. I know that's where they're at. If they focus on the 12-step program, maybe they're looking for something deeper. That's about being sensitive, sensitive listening, and I too invite God in. Uh, and it's a, Time, you please. can have some really, really powerful, meaningful conversations. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Jason Kay. And thank you to everyone who shared. It was great to hear some new voices on the line today. And for Team Friday, appreciate everybody. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. The share ID for today. Uh, oh, wait. Sorry, guys. <laughs> One, four, one, five, zero. One, four, one, five, zero. Wasn't paying attention. Okay. So... Um, we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Susan H., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us we shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you.